I'm Daria Rose, and this is The Foodist Podcast, where real people use real food to get healthy and lose weight without dieting. Hey, this is Daria Rose, and welcome back to The Foodist Podcast. Today, I'm talking to Linda, who has a problem that I hear from a lot of different people, which is that she wishes she cooked more, she wishes she could eat healthier, but because she lives alone and is just cooking for one person, sometimes going through the whole act of putting together a meal and going through a recipe just doesn't feel worth it. So Linda and I explore this problem. And what we learn is that the real reason isn't actually the cooking itself. So it turns out she actually enjoys cooking. She's pretty good at it. That isn't her problem. The problem is that she is using a model that worked for her in the past, which is that she had when she had to feed um, a larger number of people, you know, kids and her husband and a big family. Whereas now cooking is going to look really different. But the problem is she was applying those old rules and those old belief systems to her new situation and it's just not working. So once we see this and once once Linda comes to realize that that's the issue, uh, it changes everything for her. Um, This is a great example of how limiting beliefs they don't just limit what you what you think, but they also limit the scope of what you can see as solutions. Because once Linda can tell that she doesn't need to do it that old way anymore, that she doesn't need a huge recipe to cook from, that she doesn't need to buy several pounds of, of vegetables and all these different quantities in order to make you know a quote unquote complete healthy meal, and that she could do it a lot more simply. Uh, she on her own starts brainstorming all sorts of ideas on how she can actually solve this problem simply, easily on a regular nightly basis. So um, give it a listen and let me know what you think. Hi, Linda. Welcome to the show. Hi, Daria. How are you? I am excellent. Thank you so much for joining us. Why don't you get started by telling us a little bit about what, or telling me <laughs> and us, um, telling telling me a little bit about uh, what you're struggling with? Well, I am retired. I live alone and consequently eat most of my meals alone. And I have a really hard time figuring out what to eat. And so I default to junk food most of the time. Well, half the time. <laughs> and and I know part of it is that I just don't know how to cook for one person. It seems like if I go to the grocery store and I buy a lot of produce, then I end up throwing away produce. And if I don't buy produce, then I don't have any to eat. And it just, right. I get overwhelmed. So you're living alone and, and you have this, this dilemma of needing to eat <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and, and take care and of yourself. And not budget to go out to a nice restaurant every day. Right, right, right. Yeah. I'm assuming you're not, <laughs> you're not taking yourself out on fine dining dates every, every three times a day. So you have this problem of needing to eat and you're sort of at a loss for how to go about that because on the one hand, you sort of, it sounds like you sort of know that you should be eating vegetables and cooking for yourself, but because you're alone, you're having trouble figuring out like how to do that because you feel like if you go to the store and you buy all these vegetables, 
you come home and you don't really know what to do with them or you have way too much and you end up throwing a, a lot of it away or you just eat junk food because you don't buy the produce and then even if you felt like cooking one night, you don't have anything to make. That's pretty much it. I think um, part of the problem is that I just need to get out of my own head. Oh, really? <laughs> well, what's what's going know, on in there? Well, just trying to think through, okay, I've got to have a variety of vegetables and I can't eat the same fruit over and over and and I don't like leftovers, so I don't want to make a big pot of spaghetti and eat spaghetti four nights in a row. And yeah, yeah. So you have all these ideas in your head about what is appropriate or what you should be doing and, and you're having, and there's no, it's hard. It's like you get overwhelmed by that. It stops right. you from doing anything. I don't have a criteria to kind of sort through that. And so then I don't do anything. Exactly. Right. So you, you're like trying, you're like, I should be cooking. I should be eating variety. I should be doing all these things, but you don't really have a plan to do all those things. And it doesn't sort of work out when you try to create a plan because you end up with too much extra food. And so at the end of the day, you're overwhelmed and just get like frozen dinners or whatever. Yes. You know, but trying to build a lot of variety in because as a single person, if I buy a head of cauliflower and a head of broccoli and a head of cabbage and some kale and some carrots and some bell peppers, Oh, yeah, that's an, that's several weeks of food. <laughs> yeah, and it won't last several weeks. Right. How far do you live from the grocery store? From the regular, like, Safeway? Not far at all. It's only half a mile. <laughs> it's very close by. From Sprouts, which is more kind of organic, whole foodie right. groceries, it's about 15 minutes. And how often, right? like right now, how often are you getting over to those stores? Um, it depends. I actually, one of the things I've been thinking about doing is working on figuring out what I want to eat for just a couple of days instead of a whole week. There's an idea. And buying food just for a couple of days because the store's right down the street. It's not a hassle for me to go to the store. So you're realizing that it doesn't have to be a situation where you buy everything all at once and pretend like you're going to cook through right. a, a massive amount of food when you could actually just maybe try to get enough stuff for one or two days and see how it goes. Right. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. I've, I've been thinking about that. I haven't implemented it, but I thought that that would perhaps be really helpful for me because I would not feel like I had to buy so many things at one time. Yeah. One of the reasons I like that idea is because, yeah, it takes some of the pressure off of having to use all those groceries all at once. And and also it, it sort of breaks, it sounds like to me, like you sort of hinted at, there's sort of a, a idea in your head. Like you have um, on, on my website on Summer Tomato, I call them limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. It, it sounds to me like there might be some sort of limiting belief in in effect here that's telling you you need to do things a certain way, which may have worked in a life when you were feeding, you know, a household full of people, but may not necessarily work when you're just trying to feed yourself. Right, right. And I had three children that ate at least three times a day. Right. <laughs> and, 
And I was a stay-at-home mom, so I cooked a lot. So a lot of your habits around cooking and food are specifically designed for feeding a large number of hungry people. Right. A family. A family. I am not a family. So one of your tasks is going to be to adjust those those expectations for what cooking means to you. Right. Great. So so you you came up with a really fantastic idea which is to start smaller. Yeah, I think that I think that that will really help. And I think I've been putting it off. I I thought about it maybe a week ago or so and I think I've been putting it off kind of because I knew we were going to talk and maybe you know, I would adjust it or come up with something else or whatever. Got it. But you, so you have one thing that you're willing to start trying. Oh yeah. I'm actually willing. I, (laughs) I eat a really good breakfast every day. Great. What, tell me about it. Well, oatmeal with, um, almond milk or almond coconut milk, whatever, um, walnuts and a small banana flaxseed. Yum. Yeah, that's my everyday go-to breakfast, unless I have yogurt with frozen blueberries. Okay, that sounds great. Breakfast is is good. It's the rest of the day. Okay. <laughs> I'm curious, uh, do you do you make all your oatmeal at once or do you do or like for the week or do you make it every single morning in a small batch? I make a small batch, but I do it in the microwave. Okay. I have perfected a routine that, that works for me. Excellent. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's something you can you can apply to other meals in the day. Maybe it's it's so repetitive. It's interesting. I don't mind eating the same thing for breakfast every single day. I don't mind a lot of repetition in lunch, but I hate repetition at dinner. Mm-hmm. So it's even more important then that you are, are have the flexibility to. You don't want to be, you really don't want to be creating large dishes. I'm, I'm thinking about your spaghetti example. You know, you, you said you'd be eating spaghetti for four days. You don't want to be stuck in that sort of situation. No, I have friends who make a big pot of something and eat it all week and that works great for them, mm-hmm. but it would drive me crazy. Sure. Would just like one lunch of leftovers drive you crazy or just no leftovers at all? No, I don't think a lunch of leftovers would drive me crazy, but the idea of just Eating the same thing three or four nights a week. Ugh. I hear you. Okay. So we, we, we're avoiding that. So um, good. That's a good thing to know about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it gives us a direction to consider going in because, you know, it removes the idea of sort of like cooking something big on Sunday and eating it all week or, you know, that works for some people, but it's not going to work for you. Um, but I like, I like how I like what you've been able to do with breakfast. And it seems to me that even um, with a little more creativity in your lunches and dinners, you can still apply the lesson of not feeling like you have to make a huge batch of something to make something. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, even spaghetti, I feel like can be pared down to, to one or two servings fairly easily. Yeah, maybe. I make my own sauce. So... I guess theoretically, instead of cooking spaghetti and putting it all together, I could freeze the sauce. That's another idea. Yeah. And then that's sort of like that actually that comes into that comes in handy when 
the, the nights where you really don't want to cook anything, <laughs> but you also don't want to resort to, you know, the lean cuisine or whatever. Um, oh, no, well. it would be a bag of potato chips. Never oh. <laughs> <cuisine>. <laughs> All right. Um, so when you don't want to resort to a bag of potato chips, you could you could dig out some spaghetti sauce. But I was just thinking, I mean, I don't know if you normally buy like a pound of, but do you, do you buy uh, frozen beef or how, what do you make your spaghetti sauce with? Um, well, I usually buy, it depends. Sometimes I, I process mushrooms and use them for texture instead of meat. Cool. I am not a big meat eater. And typically, I don't cook a lot of meat at home. I, if I eat meat, it's out, which is not to say that I'm against meat. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I'm just trying to figure out um, if it's necessary to buy such large quantities of the ingredients for your recipes. Oh, yeah. Well, the recipe I use for spaghetti sauce actually is, is fairly self-contained and it would probably make six portions, I would think. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that that's a lot. Yeah. So if I were going to eat one, I'd be freezing five. Got it. Or at least three if you had one lunch yeah. out of it. And right, and and when you say it's self-contained, what does that mean? Well, like um, it uses a big can of crushed tomatoes and a small can of tomato paste, an onion, a pound of mushrooms if I'm using mushrooms, a pound of meat if I'm using meat. There aren't a lot of leftover things. I see. I was just thinking, uh, for instance, because I used to make my own tomato sauce, um, and the way I would do it was, was if, if, well, normally I just use fresh tomatoes and and some garlic and just sort of just make a fresh sauce. But I, you know, there I've discovered little things. For instance, like instead of because I used to I cooked for myself and lived alone for years and years and years, and uh, one of the things I discovered, for instance, was I could get tomato paste in a tube instead of mm-hmm. in a little can. And mm-hmm. so then I could use a tablespoon instead of a can. <laughs> um, right. And I could get the little smaller thing of tomatoes uh, and half a pound of mushrooms. Just just shrink it. Yeah. I hadn't I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. I mean, it, it's um, it can be really hard to see things like that when you're when you've been doing it the same way for a long time. Right. Right. When you just do what you do. I have a question. Sure. I found a recipe for a salad that actually sounds really good. And I like vegetables, but it requires two cups of kale, two cups of red cabbage, two cups of Brussels sprouts, two cups of something else, and then bell pepper and carrot, which I always have those on hand anyway. And all the vegetables are fairly doable because I think I could buy Brussels sprouts in a small bag, you know, which is not maybe the best way, but it's a doable way. Mm-hmm. But a head of red cabbage is a lot more than two cups. And mm-hmm. I don't know what to do with the rest of it. I see. Or a head of cauliflower or, you know, big things that you can only buy big things. Got it. Yeah. Um yeah, well, it depends on the store. So some I've found some stores that do sell half half of a cabbage. Um, they typically are not big grocery stores, though. It's typically like little 
ethnic markets or something like that will sometimes have half uh, things. But also, um, yeah, no, that's 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 just a lot of food for that salad. Um, what about what was it about that salad that sounded so good to you? Oh, well, salad is one of the few things that I don't mind eating repetitively mm-hmm. because I do just really like vegetables. Mm-hmm. And she said this salad, because it has these more kind of crunchy vegetables, it can be in the refrigerator even with its dressing for several days. I see. So you were hoping that um, it would be something that you wouldn't mind eating a couple of times. Okay. Yeah. I think it would not be something I mind eating repetitively. And it has a lot of things in it that I like. Yeah. You know, the first thing that jumped to mind um, when you started, you know, listing off the ingredients was, does it like, does it really need all of them to be good? Ah, I don't know. This is, uh, th- this is something actually that I hear a lot. And, and, you know, when you, when you read recipes, they always have these gorgeous pictures and they just have these like descriptions of what they taste like of like, and you're just like, I'm going to eat a summer day. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. <laughs> and you're going to like, you're like, you could just imagine yourself. Like if you like created this amazing dish and you would be just this virtual person enjoying your perfect life. And I often find that the reality of life doesn't match the narrative of the recipe. <laughs> um, right. In right. the sense that, you know, that's lovely if you're having six guests over and you need to have eight cups of vegetable salad um, for everyone to enjoy. But at the end of the day, like, do you really need a recipe for a salad? Well, no. I mean, I I buy, I actually buy bagged salad a fair amount of the time because it's all prepped. Yeah. And, um... So I eat that a lot. I just thought this one sounded good and it sounded different. Yeah. Um, I know. I, 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 I could definitely see the appeal of having a, a more, a less wilty, more crunchy and substantial salad that's going to hold up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering if instead of following the recipe to a T, if you can consider taking some of the elements of it to sort of recreate the spirit of the crunchy salad without ending up with 12 cups of raw vegetables that you have to eat in a week. Right. Right. I'm sure I can. I hadn't, I hadn't thought of it, but I'm sure I can. Yeah. So I, the reason I bring this up is because in my experience, this is how cooking for one goes. This is how it needs to go. It's really hard to just follow recipes. Recipes are never for one person. No. (laughs) So as long as you're following recipes, it's going to be overwhelming and frustrating. Yes. Because you're going to end up with a lot of things you feel like you need to go get, you know, to do it right, Mm -hmm. which is another limiting belief. And and then you feel like you're, then you, then you're inevitably stuck with a huge amount of food and you're, I mean, you're really dependent on it turning out good (laughs) because if it doesn't turn out good and you're stuck eating it for like three or four days, (laughs) then you're really in a world of hurt. Right. Or I'm throwing away my investment. (laughs) All of that. And you feel guilty and then you still end up eating junk food, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So 
with all that weight on your shoulders, I mean, I don't like those odds. Like if I, I'm, if I were a betting person, which I'm really not, but if I, if I were, I wouldn't take the bet that you'd keep doing that. Oh, no, <laughs> I can guarantee you I wouldn't keep doing that. Yeah, exactly. Are those wind chimes? Yeah. <laughs> They're really pretty. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, I think the recipe, I think the recipe is your stumbling block. Do you ever cook without recipes? Um, I cook without recipes, kind of the things that I know just off the top of my head how to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of those defaulty kinds of things are family meal kinds of things. Ah, so you were saying you were talking about the your recipe templates that or the yeah, they're like templates that you have in your head that you can cook from without actually referring to a recipe are all for large format meals. Right. Family meals. And so it sounds like what you need is a similar template of things you can create sort of off the cuff a little bit, but for but pared down to single portions or at, at max double portions. Yes, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. Uh, how do we do that? <laughs> I don't know. Well... You mentioned, so where do you, when you do, how often do you cook now? Oh, it depends. And it depends on what you call cooking. Um, Please elaborate. Well, I mean, I make, I make my um, oatmeal every day. And every once in a while I do, I make a bowl of chicken salad because I, I really don't mind repetitive lunches, and I, eat, I can eat that for lunch, you know, several times. Um, I eat hummus and vegetables for lunch a lot. Okay. Um, I just buy the pre-made hummus, and I always have fresh vegetables pretty much Great. here. Dinner is my problem meal. Okay. Really. So we only have one place we need to focus. Yeah. And so normally, like... In a typical week, what are your dinners at right now? Oh, well, probably I would eat bagged salad two or three, maybe even, yeah, probably two or three nights. One night I might go to McDonald's and get a hamburger. And the other nights I might eat popcorn or cheese and crackers or a bag of potato chips. Okay. So like one or two nights a week you're you're making and when you say bag salad, you mean you're just taking a like the premixed greens. Do you put anything do you add anything to it? I usually add um some cheese or some sunflower seeds or pumpkin seeds, something like that. Mm-hmm. And maybe some dried cranberries or dried cherries. And you just have a bottle dressing? Yes, or the dressing that it comes with. Oh, you buy the salad? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I thought it was like the big bags that you were like... Oh, yeah, no. So it's just a bag salad kit with either like mixed greens with some nuts and dried fruit and packaged dressing, or sometimes I don't eat the whole bag of salad. So I have the prepared dressing 
that comes with it the first night. And then the second night, I use a bottled dressing. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So, but that doesn't sound particularly inspiring. Is that why? That's probably why you sometimes have potato chips. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. And I can, um, I can read and eat potato chips. Oh, that's easier. Yeah. That's a whole different thing. Yeah, that's a whole different deal. But <laughs> but I have to work on that. <laughs> All right. But we're working on building your 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 evening cooking habit. Yes. Yes. And we've identified that in your head up until very, very recently, maybe even twenty minutes ago, um <laughs> your idea of cooking involved r- really following a large format recipe template or or even just a recipe for a sort of, I mean, all recipes, like we talked about, are for a lot of people. And right. that's not working for you. No, that doesn't, that doesn't work. And I haven't figured out an alternative. Right. And what I've suggested is to get a little, get a bit away from the recipe model mm-hmm. and start finding things that you can make a little more intuitively or a little more casually that mm-hmm. don't have so many ingredients. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. So for instance, I'll just give you an example because that was a little abstract. And I used to do this all the time. So um, I'll just tell you like, for example, how I used to cook when I was in graduate school. Um, I would come home and usually I was starving and and broke. <laughs> um, and I would maybe a few times a week stop by the Produce Mart uh, on the, the corner store right between my the BART station and my apartment and grab a couple vegetables. Maybe I'd get a, a thing of kale. Maybe I'd get a head of cauliflower. Uh, I always buy cabbage because I put it in my eggs. I love cabbage and eggs. And, and by the way, I'll, I'll include my recipe for that in the show notes. Um, if you guys haven't tried my cabbage and egg recipe, life-changing, life-changing. So good. <laughs> and then I would go home and either... And I'd usually just figure out a way to like saute some vegetables. Either I'd cut up some carrots and kale or maybe I'd do some Swiss chard. And I'd just eat either half the bunch or the entire bunch sometimes. And then mix it usually with something I'd prepared earlier in the week, whether I made a big batch of beans or made a big batch of grains or roasted a chicken or even just scramble some eggs. Or maybe I bought some like every once in a while I'd like buy smoked salmon or something that's splurging. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I always found that, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd cook the, as long as I used enough garlic, olive oil, and salt, the vegetables would be absolutely delicious if they were fresh and in season. And the protein was satisfying. I usually just called that dinner. Um, and it, but it was never, I was never following a big recipe. I was never, I was never constrained by what I didn't have or what I did have. It was just sort of what I was in the mood for that night. Right. And I never got stuck with extra veggies because I would just, because I was not cooking from a recipe, I could just use what I had or buy one or two things at a time. Gotcha. And the way I got variety in was it wasn't like necessarily a lot of variety in one meal, but I would get variety in throughout the week because I would, you know, I can only eat kale so many times. And so I'd start buying chard or broccoli or just, asparagus or Brussels sprouts or just something else. 
Right. Um, and so, you know, and, and, on, and this, on the same note, sometimes I didn't always want it sauteed with garlic. Sometimes I'd want it roasted and, you know, beets and cauliflower and fennel are delicious roasted. Um, and sometimes I wouldn't want to have grains and I'd roast potatoes instead. But the idea was, you know, as long as I always had a vegetable and as long as I always had enough protein and fat that made it substantial enough to call it dinner, I was never stuck. And I never felt like it was too much food. And, and this is actually a huge bonus. Um, it's actually really fast to cook that way. Oh, it sounds like it would be. Yeah. And this is something that um, I actually, I had the exact opposite problem of you where you had this problem of thinking of dinner as this huge production. We need to feed all these people and you need to make this big recipe. When I have to feed like more than two people, I sort of have a mini nervous breakdown. <laughs> because I'm like, oh my God, I have to use a recipe. I have to buy like a lot of things and measure them. Like I can't even handle that <laughs> because I'm so used to this other cooking method. But, um, you know, it's, it's actually, I think a lot easier. Um, yeah, it sounds pretty easy. Why don't you start brainstorm out loud a little bit and give me some ideas of how you could apply that to your life and we'll see if that makes sense. Well, one of the things I'm thinking just off the top of my head, I really do like roasted vegetables and it would be very simple to make like a mini sheet. You know, they have those one pan meals where you do the chicken and the peppers or the potatoes and whatever, and you just roast the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With some seasonings. That would be really easy to do just on a smaller scale. Yeah, great idea. You can literally go to the grocery store and buy one chicken leg. Right. They will let you do that. (laughs) Yeah, I would never do that, but... I do it all the time. (laughs) Well, I don't like chicken legs. Oh, Okay, so that's why you'd never do it. But yeah, I mean, or, yeah. or a breast or whatever. Yeah, whatever I could go buy a chicken breast. <laughs> um, but my point is you don't have to buy an entire chicken. Right, right. Or, or, or one of those pre-packed cases of eight. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. That would, that would just not work. Yeah. Those little sheet pan dinners, that would be super easy to do. Just cut up a few little things and lay a piece of chicken on there and throw it in the oven. Wow. I mean, that would be amazingly simple. That'd be amazingly simple. Mm-hmm. And um, do you feel like you could open your fridge and if there was like, let's say it's Thursday or Friday and you know, you haven't been in the store since like Sunday or Monday and, but you don't feel like going to the store and, but you, if you open your fridge and you had like a hodgepodge of things in there, do you feel like you could whip something up? It would depend on the hodgepodge. Okay. If, If I had eggs, then I could always scramble eggs. And if I have peppers and onions, I could always saute those. And one of the best, one of my favorite things is a baked potato with onions and peppers and mushrooms and marinara sauce. Yum. Oh, it's the bomb. And a little cheese. Mm. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, super good. It would be pretty easy for me to do something like that if I had all of those things. It's pretty easy to have all of those things. Yeah. Because they're really I versatile. I don't buy potatoes very often. But they last. But they do last. And yeah, that then that's another aspect of getting out of my own head, you know. Yeah. Um, I watched 
I think it was, well, it was a presentation by Michael Pollan. And he was talking about nutritionism and how we've separated our food into vitamins and minerals and carbs and instead of just thinking of them as food. Yeah, that insight changed my life. Yeah. <laughs> when I read yeah. The Omnivore's Dilemma and when I went read uh, uh, In Defense of Food. Yeah, great books. I I have read both of them. Um, but I was living overseas when I did and it didn't kind of translate when I came home. <laughs> did you, was there some sort of insight you had? I just, I just remembered that I need to think about food. When I was a young mother and had small children, I just cooked. You didn't think about it? No. I mean, sometimes I made recipes. Sometimes I made just things that I knew how to make. But but I didn't worry about were we eating an orange vegetable and a purple vegetable? And did we have too much saturated fat or not enough mono unsaturated fat? I didn't think about those things. I just cooked. And they all lived. <laughs> and they're all still alive. And and. And they were eating real food, which, I mean, if there's one message I try to drive home every single day on Summer Tomato, it's like, that's all that matters. Right, right. And they were eating, we were all eating real food. And I didn't worry about all the nutritionism. So, so you'd like to get back to that? I would. I would. And you can. I can, it sounds like. Yeah. I can. Whip out a sheet, a small sheet pan. (laughs) And just like you said, as long as you have eggs, peppers, onions, like which are things like you said, I mean, it's so easy to just put those on your constant shopping list because they go in everything. Right, right. Um, And, you know, just buy a couple potatoes a month. And, you know, whenever you feel like having something different, stop by the store and get something different. Yeah, yeah. Maybe throw a different spice on your, your sheet meal. You know, use curry instead of paprika. Right. Last night I, um, I baked, well, yesterday I baked a couple of sweet potatoes in the slow cooker and, um, made some compound butter sort of Mm. with brown sugar and cinnamon and chipotle powder and had a little bit of that on, um, a sweet potato with some pecans. It was very good and it was very simple. Yeah. Yeah. I think you've got this. Yeah. I think I'm getting there. Cool. Yeah. I'm trying to envision uh, what a roadblock would be for you. What would derail this brilliant plan? Ah, what would derail this brilliant plan? Probably just um, consistency, developing the habit, vice, you know, going back to the old habit. Which is? A bag of potato chips. (laughs) when I can't think of anything else. Right. But, well, one of the the things we've done here is show you that one of the reasons you couldn't think of anything else was that you had some old, outdated constructs about what it meant to cook, Mm -hmm. which hopefully that barrier is now crumbled. I think think one of the things I'll do is put a reminder on my fridge that, you know, cooking is not a big deal. (laughs) 
<laughs> cooking is NBD. <laughs> yeah. Cooking is just putting food together and that you enjoy. And if you feel right. like warming it up, then warming it up and then eating it. Right. Cooking is, is not hard. It's, it's really easy. Cooking is not a recipe. Exactly. Cooking is not a recipe. It's just food. It's just food. And when you start with real food, and especially if it's good and in season, I mean, it, it almost makes itself. It's hard to mess up. That was one of the things I discovered was if when I really got into shopping in farmer's markets, one of the reasons was that I realized that it was hard, almost impossible for me to mess up seasonal produce. It was on me to mess it up. It was on, it was perfect on its own. You know, when I went to the farmer, I used to go to the farmer's market when I lived in California and it was fabulous. I could just buy everything. Here in Arizona, the farmer's market isn't so much fresh food as it is prepared food oh, and weird. stuff. Hmm. That's too bad. I know. It's very strange. Yeah, it, It's a little bit like that here in New York as well. Yeah. It's not, yeah. it's not as inspiring as West Coast produce. <laughs> right. <laughs> West Coast produce. I mean, you could go to the farmer's market and it was like going to the grocery store. Just lots and lots and lots of fruits and vegetables. Just everything was fresher. Yeah, exactly. And here, there are almost no fruits and vegetables and lots of prepared things and jewelry. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, um, yeah, what I've done, um, since moving to New York is I've, I've done some digging around and I found little places that have this or that. For instance, I found a little Japanese market that I love, um, that they have lovely produce and, and like I said, they sell it in like half servings, like uh -huh. they'll cut a, a winter squash in half and I'm like, that's great. Cause I rarely want a huge giant winter squash. Um, and right. you know, so it's taken but that's sort of like next level, you know, yeah. but, but it is possible. Like once you sort of decide that this is fun for you and not a chore, then, you know, hunting around your city for the little secret gems of hidden produce is, <laughs> is sort of fun. Right. Right. But for you, the first step is remembering uh, that cooking doesn't have to be so hard. It doesn't have to be a whole big recipe. And another one that I'm going to bring up that because it tends to come up for people but mm -hmm. just to give you some some warning. Okay. Um, if one day you do decide to have a bag of potato chips for dinner, mm -hmm. it's not all lost. You can still cook tomorrow. Right. It's not the end of the world, I know. Because, <laughs> yeah, there is this, because we're creatures of momentum, you know, and I feel that once, you know, once you, the hardest part is always starting, always changing right. your habits because you have to get out of your mindset, out of your head that, it has to be done this old way, which is really hard. And it's hard to believe it can be done this simple way and this pared down way. Right. Um, but once you get started and you start building momentum, people are like, yes, this is great. But then if you go on a trip or you have a really hard day and then you eat a bag of potato chips, uh, that momentum can feel like it disintegrates really quickly. Right. Kind of that all or nothing yes. thing. And that is a dangerous mindset as well. It's also a limiting belief. Yes. Because it, it's sort of, it's sort of, I, we call it the what the hell effect sometimes where you just are like, well, I've already screwed up. I might as well go nuts and just enjoy myself now. Um, and what you, what happens is you forget that everything counts. Right. And that the, the bigger the hole, the harder it is to get out of. So, you know, one slip up is not a giant hole. No, 
No, it really isn't. Although I can tend to see it that way sometimes. Oh, we all do. And that's why I was warning. A yeah. <laughs> little, little word of warning. <laughs> if, if you have a day where potato chips are just the only thing that's going to make it happen, then, you know, we'll try better tomorrow. <laughs> like not let it be the end of the world. Well, and, and in some ways, because I, I really like potato chips. I think that's why, that's one of the reasons they're my, you know, when I can't think of anything else, that's, that's what it is. I think sometimes when I do try to change my eating habits, I feel deprived. Like you're not allowed to have what's good? Yeah, that I'm not allowed to have the things I really like. I have to eat this other stuff. So you've sort of tied up sort of like almost a morality yeah, into kind of. like, well, like if it's, it's either indulgent or it's good for you. Right. It, like, it it's can't very be black and white. It's very, it's either this or that. And there's, there's no kind of middle ground. Do you believe that? No, I don't really believe it, but I act that way. <laughs> right. But you have this, you're, you're still acting in that pattern. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just kind of following that pattern, but I don't, but I know, I know intellectually that that's not true. Ooh, you nailed it. Right. So you, you know, intellectually it's not true, but you have trouble when you're hungry and you're feeling rebellious, you don't want to do the other thing. Right. Um, so one of your tasks then that I'm going to, one of your homework assignments I'm giving you okay, is I want you to challenge yourself to cook a dinner that is so darn good that it feels like a insane indulgence. Wow. Where you, well, you feel like you're treating yourself by making it. Right. To, to break that association. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To challenge that belief on an emotional level, not just an intellectual level, where you're like, and any given day, I'd rather eat this thing I just made than that bag of potato chips because it's that good. Alrighty then. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the Ace Ventura reference. <laughs> I'm sorry? I, that was a alrighty then. It's from um, oh. Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? I Yeah. Um, that's hard for me to picture. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. But I like food. I mean, I like real food and I am a good cook. So it's possible. So it is possible. I just have to figure out how to be a good cook for one person. What a fun problem to have. <laughs> I mean, really? Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you've, you, it, what that does is it turns something that right now you're sort of seeing as a chore and something that you're kind of failing at to something that, you know, you're making progress on and also a challenge that is really fun. Well, and, and I only have to cook to please myself. I don't have to, I don't have to cook anything that someone else likes. Right? Like. <laughs> Isn't that huge? It is. <laughs> This is why I'm saying it's easier to cook for one person. Because yeah. It's like other people are picky. Well, I'm picky too. Right, but you're in charge. But I get to pick. <laughs> awesome. So you have a lot going for you. You have, you like, you like real food. You know how to cook. Mm-hmm. 
you're pretty good at it. Mm-hmm. And you now have a new world to explore. Where I have some new ideas. Yeah. Cause you you were like the the tiger that was like trapped in the cage and then the cage is taken away and you still walk in a circle in the same circle. Right, right. But the idea of roasting like the little sheet pan meals, that sounds fabulous to me. That's what you're gonna do. That's your first experiment. Yep. That's the first thing. Well, great job, Linda. I think you have a very bright future in your kitchen. And um, I'm excited to hear I'm excited to hear what you end up making. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. I appreciate the talk. It's interesting as I've listened to your podcasts, how it's interesting how helpful it is just to talk it through with someone. Right. Who has a different perspective. Right. Because it's almost like you talk yourself into it. Right. Yeah. Right. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. My absolute pleasure. Good luck. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Foodist Podcast. I'm Daria Rose. And if you're interested in upgrading your own health style, learning how to get healthy and lose weight without dieting and without all of the suffering that it brings, then head over to my website, Summer Tomato, and sign up for my weekly newsletter. When you sign up, you'll get a free starter kit that'll teach you the basics of how to start changing the way you think about food, health, and weight loss. You'll also get a free chapter from my book, Foodist, called The Myth of Willpower that explains the science behind why the no pain, no gain mantra of the weight loss industry is the absolute worst approach to getting healthy. So come over to Summer Tomato and sign up. We have a fantastic community and we would love, love, love to have you. Thanks for listening and I will see you next time.